Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, We were just talking about this a little bit, but I just got off of a clubhouse like panel. I've never done that before and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, (laughs) Um, But it actually went really well and it made me think like we should do stuff like this sometime in, you know, a different club. I was in the hotel marketing club, but I'm sure that those of you listening to this podcast, some of you are on Clubhouse and you're in different clubs. So if you think there's one that Melissa and I should hop into and talk about deliverability stuff, uh, let us know. And we'd love to join you. That'd be super fun. I would be really interested in, could we make our own little like, just like a one day one, or does it have to be like a consistent, this is a club? Good question. So I think I like tried to create a club a long time ago and it still hasn't been approved, but I know they have a huge um, like list. Yeah. And also they look to see how active you are and I am not very active. So Mm. I'm sure I'm at the bottom of the list. So we probably need to join an existing club. I know there's an email marketing club I'm in that you could join and we could like start conversations there. I think there's also a ConvertKit creators club. So we could hang out in there too. Clubhouse is one of those things I've neglected in the last like few months, but I just happened to get a request to join one. So yeah, if anyone is listening and has an area where you're like, yes, come over to this club and talk about deliverability, then let us know. Cool. Well, speaking of platforms that we neglect, (laughs) the one we're talking about today (laughs) Is definitely one that I am not active on very often. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. And I might even have questions that come up in this podcast that I don't know the answers to that you'll have to answer for me. (laughs) Well, I'm no expert, but I feel like I've had some experiments that have worked well. I think the person who mows my lawn is mowing maybe. I don't know. So if you hear that, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also very glad that he's here because it was looking rough. So Yeah, we're going to talk about Twitter today and specifically how to use Twitter to build your email list. Because I think one thing we mentioned in a podcast episode recently is that obviously email is wonderful. It's great, but it isn't a discovery tool on its Mm. own. You have Mm -hmm. to put in some work on other platforms to grow your list, um, which everyone wants to do. So we've seen, you know, through people who use ConvertKit, and I've had a little bit of luck that... Twitter can be a really awesome way to be discovered and to grow your email list. So we're going to talk through some tips on how to do that. Yeah, I think that's probably the most commonly asked question. Like, I really want to have an email list, but I don't know where to start and how do I gain subscribers? And sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming because there's Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all of these places that you can go. Clubhouse. (laughs) Yep. All of these places you can go, but... I think if you create like an easy to follow plan for yourself and not overwhelm yourself with like too many expectations, then these can be really useful to gain a following. Yes, definitely. And it probably depends also on like your niche and your area of 
whatever you're doing, whether, um, you know, Instagram will be the best place for you or Pinterest or Facebook or Twitter. But I do think for a lot of convert kit creators, Twitter is <laughs> a great tool. <laughs> I, I don't know how loud the lawnmower is going to be for all of you listening, but man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought it was like a plane at first. Oh no. He gets closer, you know, to the house and yeah. it gets louder and then it goes yeah. further away. But, um, yeah, sorry about that. I um, <laughs> hope it's not too annoying. But anyways, so let's talk about how to start. So, and when I speak from my perspective, I truly did start from like 20 subscribers or something. I mean, I created my Twitter pretty recently and it's still like I neglect it majorly. It's not something I use to like gain anything, you know? It's just kind of more fun, but I'm at, you know, 300 followers now. That's not... Yeah, that's pretty... I'm going to look at mine. I have to look at mine now and see because I haven't had mine very long at all. Yeah. But what I did to get those 300 followers was really only a few tweets that did really well, Mm -hmm. and I had those bursts. So you can imagine if I was someone, like a creator who was really trying to use Twitter to grow my email list or my following, if I was more consistent, I'm sure I would have definitely over a thousand followers by now and maybe even bigger than that. I just, you know, don't really dedicate the time and energy to it that I should. But the strategies we're going to talk through today still work really well and are things you could use consistently to see huge growth. Well, I'm looking now. I don't even know. (laughs) This is the most embarrassing thing ever. I have 35 followers and I think I've had my Twitter for maybe four months, but I literally, I don't think I've ever even, I've maybe retweeted two things and I've never tweeted. So we should do an experiment and I should do some tweets and then see what happens. And then we can report back. Okay. I love that. And also I would love to take this time to talk through, because there might be some people who like you are like, you know, I hear what you're saying. I know this Mm -hmm. is a good strategy, but there's something holding you back. So Mm -hmm. do you want to talk through like, what is it that is holding you back from using Twitter? That's a good point. Um, I would say out of all of the creative platforms on social media, I just connect the most with Instagram. I, especially what it used to be, like I loved the creative aspect of things. I think that there's a lot of targeted um, product placement now, which isn't my favorite thing, but I used to love like seeing people's photography and being, I don't know, it was just like such an interesting place. Twitter just never took off for me because I think I never knew how to find people to follow that I liked. I didn't really understand like the retweet thing. Like, I think it was more of just like the conceptual ideas behind Twitter. I just like didn't get. And I have a friend who does nothing related to social media management or marketing. She does auditing (laughs) and she has so many Twitter followers Mm. and it's just so interesting because she gets it and she loves it. And I feel like I'm more in this space and I don't get it or love it. So it's funny because mm-hmm. I think it's just like, it's intimidating to yeah. me. I definitely can see that because it's all, yeah, it's words and it mm-hmm. has to be really concise. Like mm-hmm. you have to be really clear in what you're saying. You have to, you know, get your idea out there in a succinct good way that Mm -hmm. um, can be really tough. And on Instagram or whatever, it's much more, it can feel much more light. You just snap a photo of your coffee or whatever. (laughs) You don't have to like. Caption, don't caption. Like it's totally, it's whatever. But like with Twitter, I feel like I have to be clever and I take a lot of pride in (laughs) 
<laughs> being like trying to be clever or when I have a cl- clever moment, I overreact and I'm like, did, did anyone else hear what I just said? Oh you know gosh. what I mean? I'm totally that person. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm more like, oh, but what if I say it doesn't click with people? Yeah. Because the goal is to get like retweeted, right? Yeah. Or likes. Yeah. Or follows, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's it definitely, I understand it's like, Twitter can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I definitely had some fears. When I'll do, I'll read through an example tweet of mine that did well, but it was like it was scary to post. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and go through like the our recommendations, and we can kind of talk through our experiences along the way. But um, from what we've seen, work really well with Twitter when it comes to growing your audience there, but also getting email subscribers. Um, I would say there are three sort of steps on what you should do. And number one, even if you have zero followers, I would assume you might have like five or 10 starting Mm -hmm. out if you start to follow people you know, is to tweet consistently and have high, like high value, high entertainment, whatever your thing is going to be, do that consistently. So for example, in the deliverability space, I was getting um, a lot of followers when I was tweeting about deliverability consistently. And it wasn't just, you know, any deliverability tweet. It was very, like, educational and very straightforward um, things that people could take along with them right away. Mm -hmm. So if you are a creator and you have a very specific niche, think about what problem do you solve for people or what can you teach people? Or maybe you're just really funny. And it's like, how can you... Um, get your voice across on Twitter and provide laughs. Mm -hmm. So whatever your thing is, show up and do it very consistently. And when you do that, you will see your audience naturally grow. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that works for a lot of things in life, especially in the creator journey. I know it's that way with YouTubers and bloggers and people on Instagram who make their living there. You just have to show up consistently Mm -hmm. and consistently provide that value. You have to kind of keep up your, which I know is a lot, Yeah, but that really is a huge key to being successful on Mm -hmm. Twitter. Definitely. So once you are, you know, you focused on your niche, you are providing consistent high value tweets. The second thing that works so well for all sorts of people is to start to create threads And the thread should kind of take people on a journey. It can tell a story, it can be a case study, or it can just sort of, you know, provide insight. But those are, those threads are a great way to gain traction quickly. And if you do it right, you can use the layout of the thread to sort of get subscribers hooked. I think that's what everyone loves Mm -hmm. about a thread. And you give them little small tidbits of a story or education along the way. And usually at the end, there's kind of a plug of some sort, which we'll talk about in the next step. So that's one aspect of Twitter that I probably didn't really know existed. Yeah, it's great. And I have to say, this really came from our CEO, Nathan Barry. So if you didn't know, I feel like we don't talk about it enough on the podcast. We have an Instagram account for this podcast called Deliverability Defined on Instagram. And we take every single episode and we create like visual Mm -hmm. graphics um, that cover the high level overview of what we talked about in each episode. And we really love those. We post them to the ConvertKit Instagram as well. So Nathan saw those and was like, these would do really well as Twitter threats. And similarly to what you were saying earlier, Melissa, my first thought was fear of like, Twitter seems scary. Mm -hmm. Deliverability in general can seem scary in that world because there are so many 
email deliverability experts. And by so many, you know, actually really not that many, but there are some. And everyone sort of has their own perspective on some things since this isn't a science. There's no textbook. Right. No one went to school for this. Everyone has their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And I would say there are certain, they're like deliverability people in the industry that have been doing it for 20 years. And it can, I think sometimes that can be like intimidating to Definitely. people like me who have, or you who have been doing this like in the last five years. So right. Anyways, when Nathan's like, I want you to make this big tweet about deliverability at first, I was like, this is um, scary. It's vulnerable. It's putting yourself out there. But once I did it, it was great. And Mm -hmm. I think that first thread was probably my best performing tweet. And I probably had really like maybe 30 followers at this point. So I'll talk through the thread and um, how well it did. But I think the first one I did, it says, the first tweet is, how spam traps actually work? A thread. And then you start to create more tweets. But that's like a good example of the very first tweet should kind of describe Mm -hmm. what the thread is going to contain. But I like when it's short and sweet and sort of, again, that like just hooks people in. They're like, what is this? Even Mm -hmm. if they don't do email marketing, the word spam traps, it's like, what is this? I want to know. Well, it's something that people typically have like a negative connotation of, but they don't know anything really typically about the ins and outs. So it is, it's a great hook. Yeah. And the word actually there, it's like, it makes you think, oh, well, my understanding could be wrong. Right. You know, how spam traps actually work a thread because a lot of people do have incorrect assumptions about mm-hmm. spam traps. So I won't read the whole thread because it gets pretty lengthy, but I will just read like the first few. So next tweet, a spam trap is an email address that isn't in use by a real person but is instead being used by mailbox providers, spam filters, and block lists to catch senders with bad sending practices. And then I go into more and more and more. There are three types of spam traps, pristine, recycled, and typo. Essentially, like that really, this whole thread could have been a blog post. Um, We had a whole podcast episode about it, but it was just repackaged. And then the very last tweet I have, for more info on spam traps, listen to episode five of Deliverability Defined with a link to listen to our episode. That's good. Yeah, lots of replies. Let me look at the tweet activity here. 12,032 people saw it on Twitter. Oh my gosh. 1,376 people engaged with it. 141 people looked at my profile. 43 people liked it. 14 retweets, four replies. And that was my first threat. Again, I had- That's amazing. Thank you. It was really mostly Nathan's idea. So, you know, that's why he's the CEO. But- (laughs) Um, I had really like no following. That was all just from like getting retweeted and retweeted and retweeted. So, you know, other people's audiences mm-hmm. start to see you. That's why Twitter can be a really great discovery tool. Cause it's like, I'm seeing it now. You get retweeted by the right person. Yeah. Yeah. Then their whole audience sees you. It's like they're, you know, they're getting to like cross promote you. And if your tweet is interesting enough or valuable enough, a lot of people will start retweeting and liking mm-hmm. and following. So you can see right there where, how a thread can be a really great way to um, have sort of like a viral moment on Twitter. And I've seen it happen with lots of different creators. Um, it's just all about creating the right thread. I know even at ConvertKit, we had one do really well. I think actually Barrett tweeted it first, but it was something like, I don't know who needs to hear mm-hmm. this, but you can do X with ConvertKit. I don't even remember what the feature was, mm-hmm. but it got so many like retweets and likes because it was providing value. Um, right. People didn't know that existed. So anyways. It was like almost kind of like kind of stops you when you see it. Like, oh, yes. wait, what? Like. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was a good one. Exactly. Yep. It's also, it's bad because sometimes I, like, I feel like I sit here and I'm like, this is all the stuff that I've learned from working at ConvertKit and like the customers I've talked to. And then like, I don't do it myself because um, in this exact moment when I, I'm like, if you're a creator, like there's plenty of space for everyone in this area, creator space, whatever you want to call it. But then like, here's me that I don't want to post anything on Twitter. And it's kind of what you said. Like when you think about there are other very educated deliverability experts out there who have been doing it for 20 years. And like, I don't want to say something that's wrong or maybe just like not quite what other people agree with or do or don't agree with. But um, it's crazy how many times I've listened to like a deliverability talk and it's the information I pretty much already know, but it's said through a different lens and it just makes it that much more interesting to me to hear it spoken in a different way. So I think like this was just a reminder for me as I'm listening to you talk, but to everyone else who also feels the way that I do, um, yeah. don't, I guess, don't be nervous. And now I, now I have to post something on Twitter because I'm saying <laughs> this on the podcast. Well, yes, I love all of that. Um, two things. One, yes, I love that you're pointing out like the whole, the fear of it. And I think that is something that a lot of people feel, um, obviously not just people in deliverability, but the second right. you tweet something or put yourself out there, you're thinking about, what's everyone else going to think about this? Which is just like, it's so hard to create or do anything from that mm-hmm. sort of mindset. So, and I was definitely in that mindset when I clicked send on that tweet, I was honestly so like nervous yeah. and anxious about it. I don't know why it just felt really vulnerable. I, just cause it's like, here's what I'm saying about my expertise. And it's scary to think of someone replying and being like, nope, you know, <laughs> every platform, there are things you kind of just do or don't do that are like, Like, no one's going to go to my Instagram and, like, post my story on their – like, unless they're – I'm famous or something. But, like, normal people who find me are not going to randomly, like, go, oh, this girl's eating a bagel. I'm going to repost her story. (laughs) And so I think it's interesting because Twitter, just from everything you're saying, it just sounds like it could go fast. Like, it could be – you know, you're exposed. Like everything you say is just like all of a sudden it's like, bam, bam, someone shares it like you're saying with the right audience. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think the other platforms aren't, they don't really work in that speed, I guess. Yeah. Which is like a pro and a con with Twitter, but the con is like in your own, you know, your own mental things that you have to work through, but it is, I mean, it's hard for sure, but it is that level of like, wow, this is so easily discoverable. Mm -hmm. It's going to be seen. Like I said, that one was seen by like 12,000 people or something that like, I don't know who those people are. Yeah. Like that just feels kind of scary, but also, yeah, like you're saying, like, it's cool. And it's really cool. Another thing listening to you talk, I'm like, I think it's important to know your why Mm -hmm. and to know that you don't have to do everything. Like, and I'm speaking to everyone listening too. Like if you don't have a reason to be tweeting or like, Mm -hmm. there's no why for you, there's no big, bigger purpose than it's like, that's okay. Yeah. So um, if you're listening to this and you're like, I do really well on Pinterest and Instagram and like Twitter doesn't really make sense for me. I think Mm -hmm. that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And to specialize on what works for you and know what works for you. But anyways, yeah, just hearing you like feel (laughs) guilty about not tweeting. I wanted you to know, like, I mean, it's okay if you don't, and if you don't have like a good, you know, reason or why behind it, then that's fine. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. So I feel like we talked a lot about the thread and really the next step for growing your email list is what I mentioned there at the end. That last tweet in a thread is pretty much always like a plug um, to help people find you, 
take more steps. So if your goal is to grow your email list, this is a great place to say, if you want more, you know, whatever you just provided, go sign up for my email list or my, you know, for Mm -hmm. my weekly newsletter, for example. So let's use newsletters. I think that's a great way to phrase all this and frame it. So let's say someone has a newsletter about interesting business ideas. And I'm thinking of, there's a newsletter by Cody Sanchez and I just signed up for it and it's so good. So let's say she has a story in her newsletter about a certain type of business that has done really well. Like she'll cover businesses like laundromats and these people are like making a killing off of opening a laundromat. So let's say she did a Twitter thread profiling a certain person's business and she included some great numbers and it's like, here's how this person earned X in this much time, you know, and the thread like hooks you, you love the story Then at the very end, it could say, you know, to hear more stories like this, or to learn about more businesses like this, sign up for my weekly newsletter. And it helps give people a little peek Mm -hmm. into what to expect from your emails. So if people loved that thread, they're going to love your emails. And that's Mm -hmm. a great way to figure out who's your audience on Twitter and how do I get them to know about my emails. So interesting. I'm learning so much. (laughs) I hope, um, I hope it's helpful, but really I'm just, I think what I do on Twitter most really is scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm -hmm. I uh, look at Twitter every day, but I'm mostly just learning about what's working for people and what's not, especially since so many of our customers and creators use Twitter. Um, I just, yeah, I love seeing what other people's strategies are. Another really great Twitter thread that always works well is sometimes people will do a thread about like another thread of theirs that went well. Like I could make a thread about that spam trap thread Mm -hmm. I just read about and be like how I went from 30 followers to 350 followers by one tweet, you know. That could have been the start of a a thread. Yeah. And then I could say, I utilize threads, blah, blah, blah. And then I can go on to the next one and say like, you know, here was my strategy. But anything that shares data is great. Anything that tells a story or takes people along, like mm-hmm. kind of for a ride in the thread is more likely to do well. Well, and I think I've told you this before, like when I am on Twitter, when I'm just scrolling or like looking through things, it's definitely a better place sometimes to find people in a similar space. And I think there probably are a lot of others out there who are intimidated by Twitter because that's usually the, I would say, typically, you're either very like, I'm all about Twitter or you're like, I don't use it at all. I don't think there's a lot of people in the middle. It just, it made me realize like when I started scrolling through and looking like I've tried searching on like LinkedIn for like groups or Facebook for groups and it's just not as easily accessible. It's, there's just the, I don't know if it's an algorithm or if it's just like how people present the information, like you're saying, but it's just not as easy for certain like niches. So I definitely can see like the value in if Twitter makes sense for your business, or if you think it could make sense and you give it a shot, like it's definitely a better option for a lot of different kinds of businesses, as far as like information and finding a place to go where people can connect with the same topic. Yeah, definitely. And I think that brings up a great point of like, well, we've talked before, maybe not on the podcast, about subscribers and how like not all subscribers are give the same amount of value Mm. to your email list, for example. So if somebody signed up just to receive a coupon code, for example, 
they're probably not as high value of a subscriber Mm -hmm. as someone who loves your content and like is really interested in the things you're talking about. So Twitter is not just a great space to grow your list, but it's a great space for you to get new email subscribers that are really high quality Mm. because if they liked that thread you made and they're wanting to join your list just because of your words, your content, your writing, that's a great, great sign for you. That means like they love your work and they're going to be really excited about every single email that you send them. They're going to be reading it. They're going to, you know, be really interested in what you're sending instead of like, oh, I got this email list because, you know, I saw my, like an Instagram giveaway. Right. Cause like, I think about that all the time. That's, I, I know. Yeah. That's such a good example that you just gave. Like definitely see accounts that are more like giveaway based or like contests mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah, they typically have like engagement issues. And so I think that's a really good point. Love it. Well, this might be another um, short episode for you, but just to recap. So the biggest takeaways here are if you want to use Twitter to grow your email list, you should one, tweet consistently, two, focus on a niche, three, provide value, whatever value you're bringing. It might be entertainment, education, et cetera, with each tweet. Um, Maybe don't, you know, if you're using Twitter to grow your email list and in this sort of like kind of professional way, maybe don't have all your tweets be like complaints to Southwest Airlines about their (laughs) the plane being delayed. I've seen that before on some people. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting tweet. I go to their page and it's like at Delta. I can't believe my flight was delayed. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to follow this person. Yeah. Maybe have a professional and a personal (laughs) account if you start getting fiery. Yeah, definitely. I know of a friend who's like, they're a musician who's like fairly well-known and they have a private Twitter that, you know, is under a name where no one could find them. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. Yeah. So they can actually tweet like for fun and what they want to tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might be a good idea if you are using Twitter in any sort of like a business or, you know, entrepreneurial sense. Yeah. Good point. Um, use threads for more impact and plug your email sign up at the end of threads. Also put that within your bio and also potentially within a pinned tweet. So you can pin one of your tweets. For me, I pinned that thread I just talked about so that if somebody ever visits my page, they see that like high performing tweet Mm -hmm. right up front. Cool. But if you want, you could pin a tweet that says like sign up for my email list with a link. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as someone visits your Twitter page, that's the first thing they'll see. So cool. I know. Yeah. Twitter's been around for a long time, but it's still really valuable, I think. And yeah. especially when it comes to growing your email list, you need some sort of discovery tool to go along with your email list. And I think Twitter is a great way to do that. Yeah. It sounds true and tested and true, true and tested, whatever the, mm-hmm. for the phrase is. Tried <laughs> and does. true. Maybe that's it. Tried and true. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I think that I hear so much flack often about Instagram and the algorithm and stuff. So I think, um, again, if Twitter works for your business or if you think that it could and you give it a try, again, we'll have to report back with, I want to test it now. Even if I don't continue with it, don't don't hold me to that. Like, oh, Melissa only did one or two tweets. Now she's not doing it anymore. But (laughs) it'd be fun to test it out and just see what happens. So we'll have to do that. I agree. Um, We might have talked about this before. There's actually, there's an HBO documentary out, I think called Fake Famous don't think I made that up, but they were trying to do that. Like what you're talking about. They took like 
three random people and tried to make them Instagram influencers. But I was really disappointed because they bought all of their followers. And I'm like, well, that's not really a test. Like I want to see someone, a regular person, like actually put in the work and naturally, organically gain a bunch of followers. And so, you know, maybe we can do that on our own. We don't need HBO and we can see if we can make you Twitter famous. Oh no, I don't know if I want that kind of pressure in my life. (laughs) It would be fun to try, but I'm sure it'd be very hard. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, we'll let you guys know if I become um, Twitter famous. Oh gosh, it'll be so good. I hope you do. Um, One more thing, just because I can't stop talking right now, is (laughs) another good thing about Twitter is they just came out with a tip jar feature. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's available for everyone yet, but it's definitely out and about. Yes. So if you are providing those consistently valuable tweets we talked about, there's a good chance people will start to tip you, and that can be an extra income stream, which is awesome. I saw a rapper that was, uh, he was shouted out, I guess, like in a, in a news article that was like, Soldier Boy becomes the first rapper (laughs) to get, to get the tip jar. And I was dying. So if any of you are, any of you know who Soldier Boy is. I love that you just said Soldier Boy. I'm pretty sure it's Soldier. It's Soldier Boy. Okay. You say it fast, you can't tell. (laughs) Okay. I could tell. I just feel like people may or may not know. Maybe you're like, yeah, we all know who he is, Melissa. Just say it normal. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I don't, it's hard with podcasting. You don't really know anything about your audience. So yeah, write to us, you know, follow us on Instagram at deliverability to find. It's hard to spell deliverability, but I believe in you. You've got this. And it's hard to say it too. (laughs) Yeah. Comment on one of our posts and tell us if you know who Soldier Boy is. And that will help us understand our audience. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. And he's using the tip jar. So if you feel so inclined, you can go tip him. I will not, but that's good to know. I won't either, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, y'all could use that tip jar on your own and maybe make a little extra money and also grow your email list at the same time. Also has Twitter started paid content or is, or is that kind of, I don't think so yet. The tip jar. Okay. Cause I know that they had, I thought they had announced that they were going to start doing something Mm -hmm. like that. So might be a good time to get on the front lines of Twitter if paid content is something you're interested in pursuing because, um, yes. you know, we're, we've talked about the paid newsletters and how well those are doing right now. So I don't know, might be something to get involved in now. Definitely. I love that uh, perspective. It's a great time to get into Twitter and to be providing that value and growing your list. Mm-hmm. So cool. Let us know how that goes for you. I hope you subscribe and stay tuned for next week. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.